This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, jumping right into the intro. Please don't say that we get into a lot of stuff. <laughs> We do get into a lot of stuff. Cheryl. <laughs> do, do I say that? Every time. You're like, okay, we get into a lot of stuff. We get into it. <laughs> we get into a lot of, listen. Listen. We talk about what are some of the highlights. I would say this is an episode with no highlights. <laughs> That's not true. No, there are some great highlights. Um, We talk about herpes. I don't know what that's a highlight. A low light? An itchy light. Yes. So we, we, I mean, we touch on, we'll say we touch on herpes. Ooh. <laughs> we touch on herpes. We talk about Marlon Brando. Marlon. This is a documentary about <laughs> Val Kimmer. Kilmer. <laughs> Kimmer. <laughs> and and we, out of the gate, <laughs> we're like, what do we do? What do we get into? We get we touch we touch on herpes. <laughs> Listen, we are by no means saying that that this is associated this is, with Val. This, <laughs> this is the intro, and for those that have never heard our show, oh, this is what they're this hearing. This is what they're hearing. Yeah, I hope this isn't your on first herpes. one. <laughs> I, hope, I hope this is not the first time you're hearing this show because. It's the whole, listen, the whole thing is not about herpes. I'm just saying it's a great show. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun and serious. Very serious. Yes. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Val. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Tig. Cheryl. We meet again. We meet again. Yeah. We, we're not going to stop meeting like this. It looks like you've unpacked your closet. I have a new closet. <laughs> But last time I saw you, I thought you had boxes in your closet. Yeah, I've been unpacking, yeah. I'm in an extra bedroom. You see all the childhood art that yeah. my cousin's kids Inspiring. made? Yeah. 
Okay. This is a back bedroom where I can record and there's not air blowing to, you know, it's the heat is, it's crazy. Hot. out. Yeah, it's hot. hot. It's hot in Mississippi. Here. Yeah. That's why I've rigged the most ridiculous, like all I can think is if my cousin walked in, <laughs> who, who, he doesn't understand. Show business? podcast yeah or any of it when mm-hmm. i tell him i'm recording a show and and then he's like tell me tell me about this show tell me what do you and i and i tell him and you know he's a normal civilized person but he yeah, is small town productions are not on his the top of his list like well no and a lot of other things aren't there's just a lot of things that i'll bring up and and uh it's news to him but um <laughs> Anyway, if he walked in and saw me in this situation in the back bedroom at his house, he would not I, know. He I don't, know. and I wouldn't even know how to explain to him why this is set up. I really this hope way. he comes in while we're uh, recording this. I know. I kind of wish he was here because I think people would really enjoy his accent. Oh well, yeah. Maybe during one of our breaks, we can bring him in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Today we're talking about Val. You ready yep. for this? It's, just, it's a 2021 documentary directed by Leo Scott and Ting Poo. It tells the story of actor Val Kilmer's life and career using a mix of present-day footage as well as 800 hours of video. That's crazy. I wonder if, if Val and uh, Punky Brewster... I know. I was thinking the same thing. Got each other on uh, video. Video. And <laughs> just a shot of each other videotaping. Yeah. Um, eight, 800 hours of video shot by Kilmer... Over several decades, the documentary is narrated by Jack Kilmer, Val's son. Val mm-hmm. premiered at the Cannes Film Festival and is available to watch on Amazon Prime. <gasps> Woo! Did you know about Val Kilmer's um, situation going into this documentary? I did. I don't know if it's, you know, because I run in cancer circles. Mm. I don't know. But I did know. But I have to say, I always get him confused also with, um, what is that guy's name? Well, I like that we can't remember anybody's. <laughs> <laughs> when we reference people, we can't remember. Uh, but when I'm, when I'm looking at Val Kilmer, I'm like, that is Val Kilmer. I know that that is Val Kilmer. But then when I see the other guy, then I'm like, is oh, that is Val that Kilmer? The... Oh, I wonder who yeah. you're talking about. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Maybe, maybe it. Oh, maybe it'll come to you. For anybody that's listening that doesn't know, in current day now, Val is recovering from throat cancer, and he had a surgery that impaired his voice and makes it difficult for him to talk. A tracheotomy, right? Yeah, tracheotomy. So he has the, you know, he has a. Were you avoiding using that word? Uh, It wasn't on my outline, so I wasn't going to go Mm -hmm. into it. Can I tell you something about tracheotomies? Yes, please. That is Stephanie's fantasy situation oh. that she's going to be in an emergency. Oh, no. And somebody's going to need an emergency tracheotomy, and she wants to do it. And how would she do it with a pen, a ballpoint yeah. pen? This is what mm-hmm. this is her plan. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope I'm not with her when there's, like, trouble on a plane or something. <laughs> she just comes at me. Ooh, that's a good title for a movie, Trouble on a Plane. <laughs> trouble on a Plane. <laughs> and it's like, Stephanie, not yet. I'm th- there's not even a problem yet, and you're coming at me with that thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, 
Do you think you could do it if there was... Um, if it was life or death? Yeah. Let's say mm. it was me, somebody mm. that you care deeply about. I don't know that I would trust myself to know. Okay, but I need to... I'm gasping for air. And I need I need your help. I'm... I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Oh, and, and you you're tried saying, the Heimlich maneuver. Okay, you tried to working. reach your fingers down my throat. I don't know if I could. Could you do it? Would you? So do you it? would just let me die? Well, I don't know that I would trust myself. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna well, die. How do I? Ah. And you, and a ballpoint pen is just sitting there, just like calling my name. And I'm like, I guess I'll give it one hard poke. Yeah. Okay. Would you do it? Would you do it? I would. I'd turn my head. And you. And you. And I just uh, hope I I got the right area. But you have to take the pen, the, the pen ink out. Out. You have to take the it's ink the out. Ink out, and then you have the little tube that would stay in to to yeah. clear the air. Air. I don't uh, trust myself. What if it was somebody you cared more about than me? Yeah, I definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't know that I would be in the state of mind and have the confidence that I would be like great. See, I feel like you have the personality where that would be like get ready. Where you'd I'm be doing like, it. I yeah, where you just to like, I, I have to do this. Here's a ballpoint pen. Tig can't breathe. Out I'm the going ink in. goes. I'm going in. All right, I'm going to make a commitment right now that I I will go for it. But I don't want anybody coming at me later. Like, what were you thinking? You just she was in her last moment. You made it worse by jabbing her. <laughs> Well, now that we've had this conversation, I, <laughs> now, it would have been a humorous thing because I'd be like, oh, my gosh, she is going for it. <laughs> I would be thinking it because I'd be choking. Oh, and then I see the – so then it would – coming at you. Yeah, so I would be amused. I'd be okay. like, wow, she decided to do it. Okay, so we're making a pact right now. Yes, in an emergency. And I wouldn't do it for you, though. Oh, <laughs> I just – wait, why wouldn't you do it for me? Well, I just, I get queasy. I thought you just said you'd do it. That's why I said I'd do it for you. You don't think I, I'm going to get queasy? I didn't specify that I'd do it for you. I oh, said for I would do somebody it. else. Yeah. <laughs> why won't you do it for me? See, I do think Stephanie would prematurely. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. Because she's so excited. Yeah, she can't wait for her moment to shine. Oh, it, do you have one of those moments in mm-hmm. an emergency where where you think, okay, I want to be able... I think the one thing I would be good at, and uh-huh. this is one thing that I know, is in an emergency, if there's a crowd of people, you look at one person, you make eye contact, and you point to them, and you say, you call 911. You don't just yell out, somebody call 911, because then people think that everybody else is doing it. But at So least- you can't wait to do that? <laughs> Why don't you call 911? Because Cheryl? I'm busy tending to your tracheotomy. Oh, oh, I see. Or Heimlich or whatever I'm tr- trying to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I Why, didn't do realize you have you one were the that one. you can't wait to try out? You know, oddly this just happened. I think there was somebody I read in the news, some famous person their <gasps> father like had a heart attack when they were <gasps> driving. And they were able to, like, get the car over to the side of the road. Or their dad died while he was driving. Something oh like that. Oh, my God. Um, and so I've kind of had moments where I thought, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I can get in there. Yeah. And, and, like, 
sit on the lap of the dead person. Oh, God. I guess. See, this is like my my sister-in-law, Mary, who is listening. I know she's listening. Hey, Mary, hey. Hey, Mary, hey. Mary is always like, what's the worst thing that could happen in this moment? And then she looks around, and then she figures out what she would do. You know, <sighs> like, ah. Oh. If you're driving and the door flew open and then you fell out on the highway or, you know, if there's, <laughs> oh if you're swimming and an alligator, like, gets you, she's always trying to stay one step ahead of the universe, like, here's what I'm going to do if that happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, Mary, just have a little wine and relax. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mary, chill <laughs> out. Mary, Mary, relax. Okay, um, shall we talk about Val? Yes, that's why we're here. Yes, so Val. And Val, if you're listening, hey Val, hey. Hey Val, hey. Hey Val, hey. I will say this about the the documentary. I really enjoyed it and it was so interesting seeing the footage that he shot. Didn't you find that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really loved uh, the footage that his brother filmed when they were little. Yeah. That was a curveball I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to spill beans. I know well, you. Well, I mean, I think this whole here. thing is a big bean, a bean spill spiller. Mm-hmm. Well, when his brother died, I just yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Were you? No, I had no idea. So his, so yeah, he shows um films that his brother that he would make with his two brothers, Wesley and Mark, and they made these cute films, the three of them. Yeah. And when it was when it was like teeing up the moment when his brother I it was that moment that's getting away from you and then you're kind of realizing what's happening and I was like, "Oh no, it, is he going to die?" I know cuz you were so I, uh, excited I was so to immersed. see him. Yeah. It was so cute. And it really um it was painful. Yeah, it was really painful and it really um you know, had a big effect on Val. And so yeah, it was really sad when we found out that his his brother died. He his brother Wesley mm-hmm. um, had an epileptic fit and drowned in the huh. in the family's jacuzzi. Oh, God, when he he was fifteen, so they were young. These guys, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like I think about my sons. I mean, they do everything together. And they, you know, they're five now, and they sleep in the same bed, and they have these little loft beds where they sleep on the top, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) they were so excited to have that, the big kid independence Mm -hmm. beds, you know, and underneath the loft is some cloth that hangs down, and they have their little apartment set up, Uh (laughs) and Finn... Moved all of his stuff into Max's apartment the other day. Aww. And he just knew Max would be fine with that. And Max was. Max is so easygoing. That is and so, so cute. Yeah, Finn moved in with Max. And now they both sleep in Max's bed. <laughs> it is so cute. Like, my point is, I, there are only five. And right. I don't... When Stephanie, she'll take them each out on, like, special time... With her, like, on a Mm -hmm. walk to go get a little treat or, Mm -hmm. you know, a toy or something. And they always buy something for the other one when they are out. I mean, they have their little arguments and stuff, but in general, they really love each other. And I just don't know how 
people come back from this and and how intense I just really feel for him and when I was watching this documentary all I could think about was oh my gosh if if one of them lost the other it's so impactful and you can you could look back and be like oh well they weren't that old you know they probably forgot or moved on or you know and it's like no no I was thinking about your boys when I was when we were watching identical strangers three identical strangers because that was also intense about yeah you know separating yeah twins and triplets Triplets. yeah so sad well apparently val's father eugene was like devastated and he said in the in this documentary he said that he was really never the same Mm -hmm. but it was interesting too that val's mom was a christian scientist interesting why well because it's such a such a different way of seeing the world and approaching the world than the norm mm-hmm. being spiritual and and not wanting to use medication or doctors or hospitals that sort of thing just knowing the, uh, just trying to use the energy of prayer mm-hmm. you know it's a different way to be raised right yeah they they bought Roy Rogers Ranch. <laughs> I love that. And then they, tr- yeah, and then they I, turned it into. I feel a- like that's something. <laughs> turned it into a movie set. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's something where if that presented itself in my life, yeah. I would be like, Stephanie, we have to buy have Roy to Rogers Roy- Ranch. <laughs> that would, and I feel like she would be like, that's so fun. Yeah, that's let's cool. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. We definitely need to live there. I love that. We were big Roy Rogers fans at my house. Oh, were you? That's sweet. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, to as a matter of fact, I did. I, I really, to this day, don't really. I don't want to say I don't know who Roy Rogers is because you're gonna come at Roy me. Rogers and Dale Evans. Did they do cowboy movies? <laughs> <laughs> they would sing Happy Trails at the end huh? of the show. Was it a western show? Yeah. Was it a sketch let's, show? Let's move on. Okay, let's we're going to move, move on. on. I, I thought we could share a moment of... But I think there's a drink called a Roy Rogers. That's how I know it. I know for sure there is. Oh, what's in the Roy Rogers? It's a, it doesn't have alcohol. It's like a Shirley Temple, but for... But for boys. Guys. <laughs> oh Am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, why don't we um, give our listeners a break mm-hmm. from us and, and come back and mm-hmm. we will... Figure out what is in Roy, oh, Roy Rogers. Rogers. Happy trails to, to you until, until we meet again. Happy trails. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey, welcome back. You want to know what's in Roy Rogers? <laughs> it's not that difficult. It's, it's cola uh-huh. and grenadine syrup. And then you put a cherry a in cherry. it. cherry. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just called a Roy Rogers, right? Yeah, but a Shirley Temple is like, it's lighter. It's got, you know, ginger ale. Oh, okay. And grenadine. <laughs> okay. Big difference there. <laughs> but can I just say, at the beginning of this film, there's an opening shot where we see a home video of, of Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise, like, goofing around. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never say goofing. Goof- I'm just reading this. It says goofing. By the way, I want to thank you for um, <laughs> saying Val's last name this far into the uh, podcast episode. <laughs> well, in case anybody's just joining us, we're yeah. talking about Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. Um, and they were on the set of Top Gun. And they had these more cigarettes. Remember, mm-hmm. did they even make My those? My mother in- used to smoke those. More. And he was doing like a funny mm-hmm. takeoff of more. And he's like, you know, we want more... We want more booze. We want more wine. We want more sex. We want more herpes. And I was like, Her- I've never heard anybody want more herpes. <laughs> yeah, usually the order is less of this, please. Yeah. Could and somebody somehow- take some of this off my plate? I like that for him, that was a real badge of honor. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you've got herpes, you're getting some. My mother used to smoke filterless Pall Malls. Oh. And then she started smoking more cigarettes mm. were they skinny and, no yeah 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 they're skinny long yeah. yeah they were longer than most yeah a little thinner a little longer and I remember I was with my mother the day she quit smoking and look it was the 80s it, we weren't a family that was littering but I remember she took her pack of more cigarettes and she oh crumpled them and threw it out the window and then wow. she never smoked again wow she really made a statement she did. At the expense of our environment, but still, uh, it was no, dramatic. My mother is to blame for everything <laughs> that's going down. It was dramatic. Do you want to hear some of Val's voice? Yes. You want to hear? Okay, why don't we hear a little bit of Jack? Jack is his son that's reading, uh-huh. and I'm assuming, right, that Val wrote all of the words that he's was reading. We are assuming, because we're certainly not going to look it up, right? <laughs> I don't have time to Google something like that. Okay, here's Jack. Here's Jack introducing. My name is Val Kilmer. I've lived a magical life. And I've captured quite a bit of it. I was the first guy I knew to own a video camera. I have thousands of hours of videotapes and film reels that I've shot throughout my life and career. I've kept everything. And it's been sitting in boxes for years. So that's uh, Jack. By the way, what do you do with all the stuff that you keep? I mean, that sounded so stressful to me. All the videotapes. 
<laughs> what do you do with all that stuff? I don't know what you do with all that stuff. I have so much <sighs> video from my um, stand-up career Ugh. from years gone by. Did I tell you about the video that I have of um, <laughs> of Jerry Seinfeld? Did I tell you this story of when I, I was in school? So. I know. It always comes back to me telling my bragging about my college years. I'm sure <laughs> bragging I about you. having an education. <laughs> well, I was studying. You went to beauty school with Jerry Seinfeld? Jerry was great at perms. No, I went after beauty school, and I was studying television production, and Jerry Seinfeld was coming to UCF to do our um, homecoming, you know, entertainment. And I got an interview with Jerry. So I was going to interview him. And I was uh-huh. so excited. Uh-huh. And uh, we only had one camera. Did I tell okay. you this? It no. Oh, yeah. Oh, Thomas she did? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not going to. Then let's just please, cut the whole thing. Please no. tell me again. It's all new to me. No, we can't. It doesn't sound remotely oh. familiar. Please. Okay. I did the whole interview, camera on him, let him go, and did the whole interview, camera on me, and I'm laughing at nothing. Okay. So, anyway. Wait, what? Oh, my God. Tig, we've already told this story. Tell it a third time. No. What happened? <laughs> no, but truly, what happened? Okay. So I wanted a close-up of Jerry, but the only way to get a close-up of Jerry was to have a close-up of Jerry the whole time, which means I was not in the shot. So that I had to, and he was on a time, you know, he didn't want to do it to begin with, but his time was very short. So he left right after Uh, the interview, and then we turned the camera around on me, and then I had to say, oh, Jerry, you know, what inspires you? (laughs) What? (laughs) That? hilarious so you had to act like you had to just do all of the questions and all of the reactions i'm sorry if whoever had to hear that again okay how does that not sound remotely familiar to me well how about me either i just told it to you again and thomas (laughs) is the only one our producer is like yeah we've heard it um but also isn't like don't no 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 don't (laughs) don't 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 tell tell it. it again He's just laughing like you guys are idiots <laughs> and you're poor listeners. Okay. Um, so anyway, so Val has all this all this footage and it's mm-hmm. it's really beautiful and it's from different um projects and different people and we see like Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn and so it's really fun to see these, you know, behind the scene mm-hmm. snippets, if you will, of these famous people. Even if you won't, right? Even if you won't. Mm-hmm. And Val was one of the youngest kids ever accepted into Juilliard for acting. Wow. So that was interesting. He takes it very seriously. He's a very serious actor. He is. He's very serious. It may, and when I was watching him, I, it was making me realize how not serious I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I really appreciate when people are, though, because I, you know, I identify as a stand-up comedian, and and I get these wonderful opportunities sometimes to act, but and I try to do a good job, of course. But But you don't stay in character for the eight months that you're shooting. Well, no, I've stayed in character for fifty years. Oh, hey, and so hey, hey. But yeah, there's not a huge fluctuation in my characters. But um, <laughs> so you don't immerse yourself into the character of no, Joan. I am immersed, but, but it's but it's just, still just it's a just different me. shade of you. Yeah. When James Lipton was interviewing him, and just the 
Which, by the way, I loved that show, even though I didn't follow what a lot of the actors were doing. Anytime I saw that show, I just really enjoyed it. It was interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. But watching Val respond to these questions or whatever I saw, I was like, God, I wish... I wish I was like that, <laughs> you know. I wish, I wish I gave more thought to to what I was doing. Oh, you know, you know what? One of the best things in this documentary, I thought anyway, mm. is during that scene when he's talking mm. to James Lipton, and James Lipton always asks the person, "When you get to the pearly gates, mm-hmm. uh, what do you hope? What do you hope God says?" Yeah, and he said something like. I've already, you know, I've had a dream about this. And when I get there, she opens the door and she, he doesn't say envelops me. He says envelops me or something. Uh, It was a very uh, different way of saying envelop, I thought. But I love that. He said she. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. What if God was, was one of us? No, that's us? not it. That's not the one. Oh, no, no, no. no that's not. Uh, there is one. No, there is one. Where, um. What if God is a the lady? What is it yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. <laughs> hey, we really came. So razor sharp for today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cheryl. Let's give our listeners another break from us, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, we'll come back and we will hear Val's Val. voice. Okay, great. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What if God was one? All right, we are back, and let's... Have a listen to our friend Val. If I have in my life, and it's all of all in his thoughts, but but it's part of his profound sadness. Is that I know it's incomplete. What if we never went back? to our podcast and just left it there well no just like (laughs) let him continue talking oh just just listen to the rest of the yeah yeah yeah. uh, film yeah yeah it's it is um it's hard it's really hard to 
you know, switch gears and listen to him speak like that because that was the first time I've heard him sound like that. So it's, it takes a minute. And he, he says in this documentary too that he says it probably sounds more painful than it is. Yeah, um, he's he said that he's actually doing well, right? And that yeah, the, that the voice just kind of will throw people off. Yeah, because he's he actually feels good, right? Yeah, that was my takeaway. And then he fell in love with actress Joanne. He saw her on Wally, Broadway, right? Wally, 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 um, on Broadway. He was cast in a Wally Wally. Wally, Wally. <laughs> Once again, it would be great if we found this out before. It doesn't matter. We don't have that um, kind of time, cast, Cheryl. <laughs> he was, Wally, in 1984, Wally. Val was cast in Top Secret, an over-the-top rock musical spy thriller parody. So wait, I'm sorry. He was in Top Secret and Top Gun? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, two okay. tops. And his parents got divorced, and his mom... Oh, that was the other thing. Well, this is I'm really I'm really going out of okay, order here. Who cares? But what? But Gladys, his mom, left his dad when Val was eight, and his dad got custody of the kids. Mm-hmm. I found that interesting. And then, um, why? Because it, a man was caring for children. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. A man could care for children. <laughs> Well, especially back then, it was just like, I don't know, custody battles were really... Remember um, Kramer versus Kramer? I didn't see it. Tig, okay. What? Roy Rogers is nothing compared to <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Okay, Kramer versus Kramer? I want to see it. I've been meaning to see it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you have to I see it. I would love to see it. So, anyway... Jumping back ahead, he marries Joanne, and he What's her last name? Wally. Whaley. Wally. <laughs> what do you think it is? How do you think you say it? It's W-H-A. There's no way for us to know. why? It was only said in the documentary. <laughs> but he saw her perform, you know, and, oh, yeah. and like and was smitten years yeah, ago. Yes, smitten. And then and worked then, with her yeah. and was re-smittened. Yeah, and then married. And then married. And then he decided that he really wanted them to move to New Mexico. So she moved to New Mexico. And he was um, he was really determined to put himself out there. And he wanted to work for Kubrick or Scorsese. And he would make his own video auditions, which back then I'm sure people were not doing. I'm sure. I mean, it was, again, one of those moments where I'm like, man, me and Val, oh. huh? <laughs> he goes the extra mile, and you're yeah. like, whoa. You yeah. won't even drive across the, the <laughs> town. You're like, no, I'm not driving to the valley. Yeah, he's, you know, when he's, like, living that character, and then he's doing the video. And but that's what I also loved in this movie was yeah. um, after Batman, you know, well, after what? You're still in people. You think people don't know he was Batman? Well, I think they don't know what happened after Batman. Now I'm making it sound like something major happened. Well, I think something major happened after Batman, which was one of my favorite parts of the movie, is that he turned down doing the sequel 
And then he did this other movie where he got to do like 10 different characters. And he was so excited to do that. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, it didn't. It didn't take off. It wasn't. There was no rumor. But it was that awesome. He was being true to yeah. himself as an yeah. artist. I loved it. Well, because he felt like Batman, he was way too constricted. He hated that in the suit costume. He could barely talk. He couldn't hear people because he the bad ears covered his real ears, and then people stopped talking to him. He said because he couldn't hear them anyway, and he hated it because mm-hmm. he felt like he was not really acting. He was just like a prop. But see, we're jumping around, but. He did also audition for The Doors mm-hmm. to play Jim Morrison, and he did get that role. And then he said, for a year, a year, he walked around like Jim Morrison in his home, singing, studying all of the videos of Jim Morrison, and he said he drove his wife crazy. I mean, I'm sorry. That would drive me nut fucking balls. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. If Stephanie was acting like Jim Morrison. <laughs> like 24-7 for a year. Yeah. And, you, and you've got the kids and you're like, hey, it's at, it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. It's break on through. Do the other side. Something like that. Um, yeah, it would break be. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, what's his name that played Lincoln. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> we're really having a hard time with, with names today. <laughs> Anyway, he also stays in character and was very serious. Can I stop? Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, Daniel Mm. Day Lewis. Yeah, and and wanted to be called Mr. President on set. Doesn't matter. Point is, you know, people take it very seriously. But is that too seriously? Is a question. I mean, I feel like it is. going a little yeah it goes a little it's like whoa you still need to take out the trash batman you know what i mean <laughs> people still have stuff it's to jim do morrison <laughs> hey jim morrison you still got to take out the trash hey jim morrison hey <laughs> but there's an appreciation for it because i i do appreciate people that can really you know i mean have you ever taken acting as seriously as these people no, I mean, I'm not, I've never stayed I mean, in. I guess I could look at your IMDb and. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, there are different approaches to acting. There's there's acting where, you know, uh-huh. you, st- you study it and you prepare. And then when the moment comes, mm. you bring it. And then there there's method acting where it's like like he talks about he was in tombstone and he had a scene with kurt russell and he played doc holiday and kurt russell crow kurt russell Russell crow Crow. and they had a scene together and in the movie he dies doc holiday dies val kilmer as doc holiday dies and he set it up with the art department that he was gonna lie on a bed of ice because oh, yeah. he wanted to be in so much pain and so uncomfortable to really feel that moment. Oh my gosh, man, oh man. Did... And so you as a director, when I heard <sighs> that, I'm like, 
um, what if the ice is dripping and it's ca- this is causing more problems or you're just trying uh, to shoot the scene and mm-hmm. it's like he's you know getting well that's your problem as the director yeah that's your problem that's your problem <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure it did add an element to the scene that uh-huh. was and what do you what is the kind of acting where an actor i don't know a minute or two before the director yells action is still going Oh God! What am I? What's my character gonna do? <laughs> am I supposed to stand here? Do I stand here before? But just, there have been moments where I'm like, you know, it's the first moment of a TV show or a movie where I'm like, what am I gonna do with this character? <laughs> what am I gonna do when they when they say action? Oh, yeah, God. do I just oh. bring more? Do I do tea? an accent or do I yeah. try? To- <laughs> do I do my finger over my top lip and add pretend a like I have a mustache? Hello. Yes, that's very Val Kilmer. So he does, you know, he really gives it 110%. And by the way, I don't like it when people say 110%. Is that a thing? Why did you? You know what I don't like? I don't like when people say, is that a thing? (laughs) Was it you that? I like that we can't remember. Were you saying you hate pet peeve? Yeah. Yeah, you hate pet peeve. Your pet peeve is pet peeve. I hate pet peeve. And I hate, oh, that's a thing. Is that a thing? I don't like it. (laughs) It's a popular thing to say right now. Everybody says that that now. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Is that a thing? That's not a thing. That is a thing. It's a thing. It's not a thing. (laughs) Your your pet peeve is that people say, is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try not to do either. Why would you say 110% if you don't like it? I don't know. It's one of those things. You hear it and then... Your brain absorbs it and yeah, shoots it out of your mouth hole. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, too late. I just Ooh, said one I of said my pet peeves. 110%. <laughs> if there's only 100% in something, then the 100 and, but it makes a point. It doesn't matter. Well, can you stop saying, is that a thing? Why have I said it a lot? No, you just said it. But again. I don't mind it. I, I know, but I, I'm the one that has to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I can try. Oh, want to hear an interesting Val Kilmer experience always that you had yeah do you know him well i'm about to tell you well i can't i clearly can't wait tell me my my brush with val well i'm good friends with uh will forte because we were at (laughs) 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 we were in the groundlings theater together and he wrote the film mcgruber okay which was a parody of macgyver Okay. And he was doing a um, table read. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Wiig couldn't be at the table read. And he asked me if I would read her role. Okay. Which was, you know, very nice. Yet, I wasn't in the movie, but it's nice to stand in for Kristen. No, it sounds like he's a really good friend of yours. <laughs> but anyway, at the table read, I sat between Lauren Michaels and Val Kilmer. And Val was very um, sweet. I really liked him. He seemed very down to earth and cool, even though I had heard that he was difficult. Oh, you had. But I did not, I didn't experience it that way. And I've heard that you're difficult. (laughs) I have. On set that I'm difficult? Oh, by whom? And what did you hear? That's not true. I have heard. Wow, you're confident that you're not. I'm so confident about this one because I am like, 
Uh, go ahead. What have you heard? I've just heard that you are someone to not cross. <laughs> <laughs> to not cross? Yeah. That you will take... Lose, yeah. lose it? Yeah. I cannot imagine one set where I've... <laughs> I've somebody crossed me. <laughs> I mean, have you really heard this, or is this your um, something you're? I have not heard this. Yeah, but I don't mind it. Have you heard anything about me? Just that right before they yell action, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, and people can hear you because <laughs> you're mic. No, Cheryl, come on. Have you heard anything about me? No. Nobody talks about me. No. Guess what? No one's <laughs> mentioned you to me either. <laughs> You've never come up. <laughs> well, see, that's, I think that's good. Yeah. But wait, was Val difficult or were people no. just? Oh, yeah. Like oh, it, he was difficult. He was Well, difficult... it seems like it. Well, mm -hmm. which brings me to, I mean, I don't know for sure because I was not on the set with him, but mm -hmm. even the um, footage he has from Dr. Moreau, the, uh -huh. the film that he did with Marlon Brando, mm -hmm. remember this? the scene in this documentary where he's filming the director trying mm -hmm. to get Val to rehearse mm -hmm. and he's like could you turn the video camera off and Val's like no because I want to witness to this <laughs> and the director's like well we, we need to rehearse and he's like no I'm not going to turn this off because I don't trust you <laughs> it yeah. was just a lot of that back and forth which I find fascinating yeah I mean how would you deal? I mean, you've directed a movie. Oh, I've directed weesh. a movie. What if what if you were I mean, what do that? you do? You can't I mean, there's no point in fighting with someone. I would say just keep keep rolling. I hope you enjoy it. Do you feel like an actor kind of has the control? Well, yeah. Do you <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Because they're the they're the face on Mm -hmm. all of the footage that's yeah. the face so yeah. if that person quits uh -huh. where are you <laughs> and what happens tomorrow yeah what are you shooting right although so even on on uh was it dr moreau or is it mr <laughs> i never saw there's, the movie wait is it mr doctor there's no there's no way to know <laughs> on dr moreau um it would make Val crazy because apparently, I think, I mean, Marlon Brando in that movie was, um, what's the word? His name's Marlon. 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 When you just isolate his name. Yeah. And say Marlon. It sounds like the fish. It just doesn't feel as cool as Marlon Brando. Yeah, you have to say when, the whole name. Yeah, when you just say, oh, yeah, um, I'm really, I really look up to Marlon. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have to say Marlon Brando. Yeah, Marlon it does not carry much weight, if you will. It's kind of like Walter Disney. Mm. You know? This is my friend Walter Disney. This is Walter. This is my friend Walter. <laughs> this is Walter Disney. <laughs> Walter <laughs> meet Marlon. It doesn't sound it as doesn't, iconic of a no, meeting. No, it really doesn't. Well, okay, guys, we want to keep it down. We don't want to interrupt Walter and Marlon. They're talking. <laughs> so Marlon Brando was, yeah. uh, this was towards the it end of It didn't seem his... like he was in his prime. He was not in his prime. No, I uh -uh. would say he was not fit as a fiddle. 
No. Uh, and I think he was also having some issues on set. And so he was this, maybe difficult. Mm-hmm, so this director would dress somebody, somebody else, else up. <laughs> Like Marlon Brando and sort of wheel this guy out. And then Val Kilmer was like, wait a second. That's not Marlon. And then he's like, what's your name? And whatever the guy's name was. You know, Fred. Bill. <laughs> and he's like, okay. But, you know, it just seemed like a real circus. I mean, how do you get to that point in your career? Like if, if Cheryl, if you were on set and you didn't mm-hmm. want to do something... And you said, I'm not going to do it, but you can dress somebody else up like me and wheel them out on set. <laughs> you know, what What level of fame have you reached where... That's, I mean, that's good, right? You've really, you've reached the top. Because you're taking home the million dollar, multi-million yeah. dollar paycheck. You get paid and but you're just somebody else trailer. Is, <laughs> is out there. Is out there dressed like you. I mean... Yeah. It sounds like a dream come true. I can't imagine when I, if I were to say that to a director. To say, just, just get I'm my, not going to, I'm not going to go out there. I don't Just feel get my like body it. double and do it. Yeah. See I'm if not my body double will do it. And by the way, every time my body double is a young boy. <laughs> I think that's flattering. Uh, also, <laughs> while he was shooting this film, um, his wife, I'm not going to say her name again because Joanne, we'll just call her Joanne. Whiffy Waffy. Sir Wa- Wally. Oh. Wally. Wally. Um, served him with divorce papers. I guess she'd had enough of his um, theatrics. And um, why did she leave him? Because he was acting like other people or? Yeah, it wasn't that clear in this documentary. Yeah. But it seemed like uh, he, it seemed like he was really. Difficult. Uh, I would say ultra focused on his career mm-hmm. and acting mm-hmm. and the art of acting. Yeah. And the honesty of acting. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, Val spent 10 years writing a movie about Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a play about Mark Twain. And then he sold his land in New Mexico to finance the project. Mm-hmm. Before that, there was a scene that really reminded me of you when he what? was. Yeah, when he was just cutting his hair off with a knife. <laughs> that I, reminded me of me, too. <laughs> I'm serious. Because I was like, he doesn't care what his hair looks like. And hey. He, oh. Hey. Do you care? Oh, no. you do care. Oh, see. <laughs> How does my hair look to you right now? It's uh, unkempt. <laughs> but yeah, it made me think of you because it was very like... Ah, Cut my own hair off with a knife. Um, but then, was so he that does... your imitation of me or Val? <laughs> what was it? Was ah, you guys <laughs> cut my hair it's, off with a knife? It's you guys mixed together. Uh-huh. And then this was, I thought, odd and interesting. Like he hated the Batman costume, mm-hmm. but then he spent a lot of time in hair and makeup to be Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Did you get the feeling that he just sat around day to day in hair and makeup looking like Mark Twain? I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. Because he was at the beach Mm -hmm. in a chair dressed Mm -hmm. like Mark Twain with the hair and makeup of Mark Twain. Yeah. It's like, did he use his last bit of money Mm -hmm. for hair and makeup every day? Mm -hmm. I think he did. Mark Twain? I think he did. 
I mean, and he, from the clips that we saw, it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. He went on the road to try to, to raise money for the movie Mark Twain. Where did all of his money go? Well, his dad. Oh, right, right, right. His dad right, had right. made I some forgot. bad real estate decisions and Val said he could have turned on his dad and his dad would go to jail or he could pay his his dad's debts. Mm-hmm. So I think it was during this time that he found out that he had throat cancer and there we are. What do you mean and there we are? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the full circle of the... of That's the story of, of Val. Val. Yeah. That's why everyone tuned in today. Yeah, they wanted to hear about Val. Yeah, but... You know, they also get to hear other things too. Stories that they've heard <laughs> on previous Many episodes times and things that have nothing to do with Val. And, and yet, things. our numbers continue <laughs> to go up. They continue Why to. Why do you suppose that is? I don't know. I think people are like, whoa, they're not even going to talk about the documentary. It's like, you know, when you open a yogurt and you're not sure if it's good or bad, and you're like, I don't know. You try it. It's like, well, I don't. Why are you asking me to try it? Why yogurt? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If somebody's like, oh, is this podcast about documentaries? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Will A you listen to it? Podcast about documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, no, it. It's not really about documentaries. It's kind of. And then they tell a friend. They're like, you want to listen to it and tell me if you think it's about. This is what I think is happening. Is that what you think is happening? No. <laughs> okay, I will I will leave you on this. Val sees many similarities between himself and Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. And now he feels like his acting career may be over, but he remains active as a visual artist. And he's created a space for artists to work and study and perform, which I think is really nice. I wonder if that space is still going. There's no way to know, Tig. There's no way for you to know this. There's no way to know. We, we are two people no unable to Google. We can never know. We'll never know. We live like it's, what, 1985? Just before you would have the to internet. go to the library with microfiche or whatever that was. <laughs> we have to uh, go to the card catalog. <laughs> and look up Val Kilmer's uh, artist space. It was truly before the internet where people would have a yeah. question and then go. There was hmm, no way to know. Hmm, I don't we'll know. never know. <laughs> yeah. I'll make a note and maybe when I go to the library, I'll We're look still it up. Stuck. We're still stuck in that yeah. time. Um, it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did. <gasps> you did? Mm-hmm. When did you cry? I think I cried kind of out of the gate. I just, um, just having some idea of um mm. any sort of pain or mm. yeah life-changing suffering um and it's so set up uh i felt what was that noise that was a gurgle i took a sip of water and it gurgled right during your dramatic moment but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> it's still gurgling 
um, I, I think the movie just teed me up to be emotional because, you know, there was the, you know what it is? I mean, I barely know much about Val Kilmer, all right? Mm-hmm. But I do know he was this very young, handsome, talented, mm-hmm. successful guy. Mm-hmm. And the opening of the film just really got me in touch with what he was mm-hmm. and where I think he might be now. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it all in that intro and with the old footage. And I, I think it just made me aware of time passing and mm-hmm. how you just don't know what's coming down the road. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if most people would get emotional in the place. And to be fair, I wasn't like pausing the movie and having a massive boo-hoo, but I felt choked up and mm-hmm. uh, I just felt for him, even though I had yeah. no real clue what was coming. It was mm-hmm. mainly getting in touch with, oh man, you know, just out of the gate, seeing him in these old clips and being mm-hmm. young and healthy and just being like, oh man. He he doesn't know what's coming. Yeah, I know, I know. But you felt nothing. I felt things, but I didn't cry. You didn't cry during the movie. Mm-mm. And then I and then I cried when his brother died. Yeah, that I was, was hard. I was just ugh. although I will say, there's a moment in the film where he's at Comic Con mm-hmm. in pre- like present day Comic Con. Yeah, and he's signing um he's signing autographs for people and there are people lined up like looks like hundreds of people yeah and then he tells his you know friend or handler or whomever he needed to take a break and they took him backstage he throws up in a garbage pail and then they put him in a wheelchair with a blanket over him uh-huh. and like wheel him you think they're wheeling him out and they wheeled him back to the table to sign. Why did he throw up? He's probably suffering more than he's letting on. So that moment was sad mm-hmm. and sweet because I feel like he went back out there for all those fans. Why did he put a blanket on his head? Because, you know, they don't, I'm sure that was the quickest way to get him from one place to another and they don't want people stopping him and saying oh is that Val Kilmer you know in a wheelchair whatever that was no I know I I think it's kind of like a toss-up yeah that was hard I got choked up but I didn't like as you say boo-hoo um no need to mock me who were you attracted to this is a tough one why well because is it bad to say I don't know I'm not even gonna say it what what is it bad to say what like you know how we've there have been times we're like oh attracted to so-and-so in their younger years were attracted to you know so it's hard so you're you're saying you were attracted to him when he was younger i didn't say that i'm gonna say tom cruise i'm gonna say tom cruise Uh, who were you attracted to uh his wife wally whaley (laughs) wally whaley (laughs) whaley wally Wally. Her name is Joanne. Ollie Ollie Oxen. <laughs> Joanne. W- Wally? Whaley. Whaley? Wally. 
Let's say Wally. Um, All right. Well, I enjoyed that. What? (laughs) I just wanted to let you know I enjoyed it. You enjoyed what? I enjoyed the documentary. Oh, yeah. Me too. I felt very immersed in it. I felt like I was very much in his world. Yes. And I kind of had moments where I would come out of it and be like, oh, I'm this supposed isn't, to be watching it. This isn't my reality or world. And I, the same. I was yeah. really taken with it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm supposed to be watching this for the podcast. I'm going to have to talk about who I'm attracted to. This is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I it was it's really – it's a good one. It's a good one. And, uh. Val, we wish you all the best, and we're here for you. And, hey, Val, hey. Would you like to hear some – True fan mail before we go? Yes, please. Okay. By the way, next week is our 50th episode. We'll be watching March Were of the Penguins. Were you going to say 50th anniversary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's our 50th episode, and we'll be watching March of the Penguins, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. And you can buy True Story merch at podswag.com slash true story. Okay. So you want to hear... You want to hear some true fan mail? Yes, please. Abby H. writes, When I was a kid in the 70s, a Baptist church came around and invited me to their youth church. My mom said it was okay, and they picked me up in a van. I wanted to go because they said it was going to be, quote unquote, Jungle Sunday, and there was going to be a gorilla. The van took all of us kids to an abandoned bowling alley, and church was held there. The preacher, a Vietnam vet, greeted everyone as we came in and told the girls that they were going to turn into bad women for wearing makeup and wearing dresses that were too short. Sunday school for my age group was in the shoe rental booth (laughs) where I had to kneel in front of everyone and ask for Jesus's forgiveness and I didn't understand what I had done wrong. At the end of four hours of church, we went outside and a guy in a gorilla suit (laughs) handed out double bubble Really hard bubble gum. The people continued to pick me up every Sunday in the van. And I was sure my life was over. And I was going to be left behind during the rapture. I didn't know how to say what I was going through until I invited my granny to come. And she's the one who saved me. I can imagine what those Jesus Camp kids went through. I'm a practicing Buddhist now because all I know about the Bible is the rapture. Whoa. That's... A lot. That is a lot. Abby H. Or as you would say, is that a thing? That's a thing. (laughs) Is that a thing? What does it have to do with a gorilla, a person in a gorilla suit? And why did Abby have to pray in the shoe rental booth? Just people trying to find different ways to torture kids uh, in the name of religion. Oh, Abby, I'm glad you made it out. Thank goodness for your grandmother. Thank goodness. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say thank God, because I don't want to stir the pot. Pot stirred. <laughs> Consider the pot <laughs> stirred. Listen, we love reading your messages, comments, and reviews. Keep letting us know what you think about the docs and leave us a review, and we might just read your responses on the show. Cheryl. Yeah? Should we do it again? <laughs> yeah, let's do it again.
Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.